Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. And we are very excited today because we get to ha- interview a great Australian um, today who is obviously most people would know uh, his name is Peter Dingle from Fremantle, right from the West Coast where I'm from. And uh, Peter, welcome aboard. Uh, good to be here, guys. It really is. Peter, tell us a little bit about your background. You've written several books. Um, I love your books. It's just the way your style, you, you know, that you write, your presentation has been, you know, absolutely fantastic. Um, but tell us, you know, how you got started and, you know, what are you doing now? And uh, tell us of your background and what got you interested in health. Okay, look, I... I, I... I suppose I accidentally fell into it. I've always been interested in health, but I fell into it, started studying um, my second degree in, in, uh, in, in environmental science, got involved in environmental toxicology, um, got so excited about it, did my uh, PhD in, in it, and, uh, and, and, and then started looking at the other side of toxicology, which is study of nutri- you know, um, um, basically all the toxins, and, and started looking at the nutrients and how the nutrients and toxins compete with each other, and really they're just other sides of the same coin. And uh, as a result of that, I've, I've, I suppose, done a lot of research and, and, uh, on why people don't make the right changes in their life. And I'm, I'm passionate about, um, well, again, accidentally, I'm passionate about just getting this message out to the public. So I started writing, and every time I went to do these talks, someone would say, have you got a book? And I said, no. And then finally I had one book, and they said, have you got another one? No. And, and literally each time, and then of course it was, then do you have a website, and then do you blog, and then do you do all these other things. So finally I'm catching up with all the technology and all the demands of the public. I've got 10 books out there now. Um, uh, one, of them, one of them is is called My Dog Eats Better Than Your Kids. The most recent one is uh, A Supplement A Day Keeps the Doctor Away. Um, nice. Nice. And, and of course, you know, uh, one all about uh, cholesterol called The Great Cholesterol Deception. That's a fantastic book, uh, Peter. This is what we want to talk to uh, talk to you about today: is the great cholesterol deception. Because there's a lot of people, you know, a lot of listeners, really um, want to know about cholesterol. So tell us, why do you think it's a deception up there? Well, look, at the end of the day, cholesterol is not the the number one public enemy that has been made out to. If you go to a doctor, the first thing they say is, "Look, um, uh, your cholesterol is high. We better put you on." Or, or you look like you're going to have high cholesterol. Or you know, you've got high, or high blood pressure. Seriously, these are the stupid comments that oh, people are so making stupid. to the public about, you know, the reasons. I've, um, when I wrote that book, by the way, the, my co-author was uh, one of my students who gradu- has graduated now, and her name is Nadia. And Nadia got interested in this area because her family were put on cholesterol-lowering drugs, because, not because they have high cholesterol, but because they have some of the risk factors. And that one risk factor was they have aboriginality. Wow. wow. And Jeepers. they were put on it. So there is this myth out there that this is the magical drug to, you know, if you're, you're, you're anything, any risk factor, um, anything, whack them on these statin drugs. And the scariest thing about all of this is cholesterol isn't the problem. Cholesterol is just the messenger. Cholesterol is just saying, hey guys, something's wrong with my body. But unfortunately, it's a, you know, in Australia alone, it's a $6 billion industry. Wow. wow. That's not bad, is it? Wouldn't mind it's just a little bit of that. 
Well, look, it's a, that's that's only the the drug pharmaceutical side of it. Uh, if you consider the the weight loss, the dietary side, multiply that many times. You know all these claims about low cholesterol oils and no cholesterol in this food and 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 all this other stuff. Multiply it more times. Um, it just shows how ridiculous. But the unfortunate thing is, there there the public have have been told so many times that cholesterol is the problem. You know, first of all, it was um fat in the blood. Then it was cholesterol. Then it was uh, LDL cholesterol. Then it was uh, low HDL cholesterol. Then it was the ratio between HDL and LDL cholesterol, and I guarantee they will come up now. Now the latest one is oxidized cholesterol. Yeah, and it. this this hypothesis. What people don't understand, it's a hypothesis. This is a yeah. theory that's been put forward in the 1950s. That's it's what I call the chameleon theory. It keeps, <laughs> it keeps changing. It keeps changing its face, it. and and and. And we've heard it for so long, people now accept it as a fact. And it's not. It's not fact. In fact, the evidence shows that cholesterol is an indicator, in other words, a, a very poor indicator of um, uh, the risk of a heart attack or stroke, a very poor indicator, uh, and it's not even a risk factor. It's not even a risk factor. There are a group of people out there who have high cholesterol genetically. Okay, this is this is a genetic trait, and it does occur. You know, we've got a huge variation of genes in the population, and these people have the same amount of heart attacks and strokes as the people, normal people with normal cholesterol. And they've they've done a huge amount of studies out there, and I suppose the the, the best ones are to really show how stupid this whole idea is. Is when they've used when they've compared the different cholesterol-lowering drugs, there's three or four types on the market, um, all of them show no benefit whatsoever to a health outcome except, get this, except statins. Now, statins are the main one that people would hear of, like Lipitor and Crestor, and these, yeah. the, the, the actual benefit from, from these is 1%. Wow. Now, <laughs> let me take one step back and, and, and say it very very, very simply. So when they use these other types of cholesterol-lowering drugs, there's no benefit at all. Zero, 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 zero benefit. None whatsoever. So like the when, Provacol and all those sorts of things? Yeah. So the, non, the non-statin ones? The non-statin ones. So there is no benefit whatsoever. So people say, well, I use them and they're kind of being taken off the market. But they lower cholesterol. So the question is, why are statins effective at an incredibly low rate of 1%. 1% is a ridiculously low rate. Yeah. But why, why are they effective? And they say, well, the reason is statins mimic nutrients. They have <laughs> antioxidant. They have, they have anti-inflammatory. Oh, yeah. um, and they actually have antifungal properties in the body. So Sounds like fish oil. Oh, look, huh, fish oil is a better indicator of a heart attack <laughs> and stroke than is than, than cholesterol. But what, what we're saying here is the statins work not because they lower cholesterol. And remember, they work at such a low rate, ridiculously low rate anyway, but they work not because they lower cholesterol, but because they have or they mimic nutrition. Wow. That's interesting. That's, now, that's so Peter, where have we got this idea from? Where, where does the idea come from that, that lowering cholesterol would actually lower your risk of heart disease? Well, look, in, in the 1950s, there were, two, there were two groups of researchers looking at um, the fat 
myth what it was back then because you know we didn't really understand cholesterol so it was it started off as a fat myth and the group in the US was saying high fat fat was associated with heart attack and stroke um, and uh, they, uh, they 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 did this research they got all the research all the data from Europe and uh, 22 countries in Europe and Eastern Europe and Western Europe in those days and they plot and they plotted it and they found out there were these no no correlation so they took out um, I think they took out 15 of them and they plotted seven of them or 10 of them something like that and they found when they plotted the seven that they took out and selected out that there was a correlation between fat and heart attack and stroke wow. now this this is this is this is science at its absolute worst that's terrible this is you select the data put it in and then convince the rest of the world but it was the american um, pr machine the uh, pharmaceutical companies, the food companies, everyone could see that there was a market and money to be made. Now, at the same time, there was another group in the, U in the UK and they came up with a the theory that uh, heart attack and stroke is closely associated with the high consumption of sugar and high GI foods. Now, they didn't have the term GI foods, but high, highly processed carbohydrates. Now, they got whitewashed. Um, uh, got pushed aside because there was no money in that, and there was a big sugar industry that they were going to compete against. Mm. Um, and and the great industry. Look, ab absolutely, and 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 the and the Americans just pushed this through. So fat became the problem, and and look, there was a a, a large study just last month. Another one, another meta analysis of you know all the big studies showed that there is virtually no correlation with saturated fat and heart attack. Now, and so, Peter, am I right in saying that of those countries they selected, the ones they didn't select, there wasn't such a strong correlation or there wasn't any correlation oh, at all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they, there was no correlation at all. In fact, in, in the countries they selected out, there was a negative correlation. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they, just, they just selected the information that they wanted to show the public. Now, we would laugh at it nowadays because it was so openly, blatantly ridiculous uh, you know, in, in terms of doing it, but in, in, in essence, it, it got through and it started this whole fat and then, which led on to the cholesterol myth. And then, of course, we discovered cholesterol and in come the drug companies and they can see the um, chinka chinka chink, the big money. And uh, bearing in mind that $6 billion in Australia probably means um, uh, $60 billion in the US and, uh, you know, a trillion um, or something like that. So it's huge amount, huge amounts of money each year. So the drug companies could see this and say, "Well, look, let's 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 tackle this." Less. Um, and 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 look, to be honest, I was of the same belief up until uh, you know about ten years ago, and still I, until I started looking into it. And then it was really only when my student Nadia showed the results, and then pointed me to the real research and the comp the the, the the research that isn't drug money funded, mm. and then we then we looked into it and we saw how ridiculous this was. Now, you know, here I am. I'm thinking, oh no, do I really want to take on the biggest companies in the world? Mm. You know, do I really want to? Um, you know, and at the end of the day, I, there was n there was no possibility that I that I that I couldn't because the 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 research was so blatantly biased and prejudiced, and any scientist. And I've directed this research to, uh, I, I suppose, thousands of people around the, you know, Australia and the world now, and they've all come back and said, "I can't believe this." Now, I'm also, by the way, not the only one. There are 
if you if you just Google things like cholesterol myth, cholesterol deception, cholesterol lies, cholesterol, you name it, you'll come up with 100 or more websites from professional medical people around the world, cardiologists, surgeons, PhDs, professors, all of them highlighting exactly the same information that uh, I'm talking about here. Interestingly, so, Peter, this... Uh this week, a, uh, a story was in the LA Times and it came across my computer, you would have read about it, saying that uh, egg yolks are as dangerous for you as smoking. And they reckon that uh, it's going to harden your arteries as much as what smoking will if you eat yeah. egg yolks. What do you think of that yeah. one? Did you see that? Uh, look, I, I saw it and I saw it and I just saw what a lot of, you know, I, I, I've stopped listening to the media. Yeah. Mm. That, that's, yeah, my yeah. that's, my re that's my response to it. Um, I think there's a famous quote to say the, the only thing the media is, the, the newspaper is uh, useful for is wrapping newspaper. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, you just can't believe it. Um, uh, let me give you an example. I did a, um, about three years ago, I did a, an hour-long interview with a reporter from, from a very reputable um, uh, international magazine that gets delivered door to door um, and uh, on cholesterol and the drugs. And I said, look, here it is. Here's the evidence. I'll, sh I'll send you this paper that I've written on and it's got 50 references in it. Um, double check it. Here it is. I'll get back to me. And we talked and he answered. And a couple of months, three or four or five months later, the article came out and it said, cholesterol drugs, statin drugs, miracle drugs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> wow. And, you know, it, I, I just, I just, you know, at that stage I thought, you've got to be joking. you just got to be joking. And a little snippet in it saying, um, and these drugs have, for some people, side effects. Well, let me tell you, um, the side effects are about 80% of them. And in the studies, 60 to 80% of the population in the studies that they do drop out because of the seriousness of the side effects. That's incredible. Now, now put this in perspective. They have a 1% benefit and yet they have 80%, 80% serious side effects. And some of these serious side effects can actually lead to you, people being in a wheelchair. It actually causes the destruction of the muscle tissue. Well, Peter, let's talk about some of those side effects because I'm, I guarantee you some of our listeners will be taking stand drugs or they know of someone in their family that are taking stand drugs. So let's talk about some of the side effects of um, these statin drugs and you know, maybe the listeners will be figuring out that they actually have some of these side effects. So let's talk about some of them. Well, look, the, the, the main one, the, the first one that people notice is um, muscle fatigue, muscle soreness, muscle ache, joint aches. Almost like arthritis of the muscles, hmm. and this this occurs in an absolutely huge percentage. Now, you guys, um, you guys would see a lot of people with these conditions. You know, they sure. they, they come in and they're saying, "Hey, I've I've been taking these drugs," and it usually only takes a couple of weeks. So I've known people who have been on them for two or three weeks, and they said, that, that, "You know, the aches are so serious." And unfortunately, the aches are so serious, they stop people exercising. They stop people actually living their lives again. Mm -hmm. and, and again, in the studies, this is the single biggest side effect. Now, um, uh, uh, related with that, and you, you've got to go into a little bit of the chemistry. One of the things or one of the ways that these work is by um, blocking a particular enzyme pathway which is the same one which goes to manufacture a nutrient in our body called coenzyme Q10. Mm. 
also called CoQ10. Now, CoQ10, uh, if anyone out there is involved in nutrition or, or knows about it, they will know that this is kind of the, uh, the energy super antioxidant. This is the one that helps your muscles metabolize and burn up energy and uh, it, it, it unfortunately decreases as we age a bit, but it drops down in extremely high uh, rapidly when, uh, when you're on cholesterol-lowering drugs, the statin drugs. Yep. So that's the first side effect. So you get, you, you get these muscle pain, muscle aches, low levels of coenzyme Q10, low levels of energy, uh, aches and pains throughout the body. Uh, th that's the primary side effect people report. What about memory? And, and it's worth pointing out the, the bleeding obvious here, Peter, but that is that you know, people are taking these to, with the aim of trying to increase their heart health, uh, which well, is then creating muscle fatigue and soreness, which is then stopping them from moving around and exercising which is probably the most dangerous thing you could do in terms of your heart health, is not actually get enough exercise. Oh, look, absolutely. And the, the other side effect, I mean, that, that's the one. The other side effect is you, people have to understand some really simple biochemistry. Cholesterol is one of the most important biochemicals in the body. It's essential. It's, you know, you, you're talking about the equivalent of, jeez, um, um, I can't even think of one that's anywhere near as important as cholesterol. It goes... <laughs> into the formation. It is the basic building block of all your steroid hormones. Estrogen, progesterone, gentlemen, testosterone. DHEA. It keeps on going on, doesn't it? Look, DHEA, um, you know, these, these are the ones that we know are associated with good health, a balanced life, um, and all, and so on. It is the building block, get this, of vitamin D. Hmm. Now, we have a vitamin D deficiency around the world in developed countries nowadays. And yeah. the authorities are now starting to say, well, go out for at least 10 minutes. Now, you've got to go out more. But let me tell you, you cannot produce vitamin D because um, uh, there's a little chemical under the skin called 7-dihydrocholesterol. Uh, <laughs> and 7-dihydrocholesterol, when sunlight hits it, is converted into the pre uh, the the pre vitamin D three, so it's getting prepped to be manufactured then through the kidneys into the into the um, sorry into the liver and then the kidneys into vitamin D three. So um, vitamin D in the body is manufactured from cholesterol. Now, yeah, it is incredible, isn't it? But there's so many other things as well. I mean, I mean, you can talk about the side effects of taking statin drugs or cholesterol lowering medications, and we talk about the lack of research. Um, that exists to, you know, I suppose support this massive engine, this massive machine that is the whole cholesterol industry. Um, and then you look at all the propaganda that comes out from the media. But it is like confusing, Peter, for so many people. And obviously, you know, the three of us were the wellness guys. We understand the role of cholesterol, and, and many, many of our listeners understand that. But I suppose what are, the, what are the key things that people can do in terms of their lifestyle that would enhance, I suppose, their well-being towards cardiovascular health, given that cholesterol is such a myth and it appears to be so redundant now. Okay, look, that that for, I better I better answer or, or address one more really important cholesterol issue. That is, yep. when when you go to a doctor, when people go to a doctor and they say, "Look, your cholesterol is is um, normal, but we're going to put you on anyway, or it's high, uh, we're going to put you on a cholesterol lowering drug." And they they literally say, "If you don't go on it, you'll die of a heart attack tomorrow." They you know fear yeah, fear. Yeah. Stress is the single biggest cause of heart attack, okay? Stress yeah. is the single biggest cause of cardiovascular disease in the country. So there's the doctor saying, look, if you don't have this, you'll die. You'll die of a heart yeah. attack. Yeah. Now, uh, it's called the nocebo effect. It's, you know, we're going to tell you you're going to die. Now, 
when you ask the doctor, well, what are the what are the what are the um, uh, stats on it? They'll tell you that there's if you go on them, there's a 25 to 35 percent reduction in your risk of a heart attack. Well, that sounds pretty good. Well, let me tell you, that's what they call um, uh, relative statistics. It's it's you know the lies and stats they go hand in hand. All they've done is manipulated the numbers. And the doctors don't even understand this. They're just getting the PR directly from the, the pharmaceutical um, uh, companies. The absolute risk reduction of taking statin drugs is 1%. Hmm. That's a risk of a heart attack of 1%. How it, however, does increase the risk of diabetes and it increases the risk of other forms of mortality also by 1%. So put in perspective, there's no benefit. But that 1%, <laughs> that 1% benefit, what they do, is they do a huge study. Instead of studying 100 people, now, you know, if it was 25% really good for you, then studying 100 people, you'd show up the results, right? Mm. In all of the studies, there's studies of tens to hundreds of thousands of people, 120, 180,000 people. Now, the reason is because the effectiveness of these drugs are 1% or less. And what they do how they make up the stats is they've got two groups. They've got the group who died of a uh, weren't on cholesterol-lowering drugs on the on the one hand on the left hand side, and they find that seven people, right, seven people die of a heart attack in that group out of a, out of um a hundred thousand. Now in the other group that are taking the statins, only three died. So. <laughs> So three, three in a hundred thousand is 0.3. That's the benefit of it. Okay, 0.3. But what they do is they compare the three to the seven on the other side and say, "Hold on, that's Double. that's more than 55 percent. That's 55 or 60 percent benefit. This is a miracle drug." Right. So you have to treat a hundred thousand people to see a benefit of a, a half a dozen or a dozen people, and then they compare it to the other group where a few more people died and, and come up with this mirror. Look, nowhere else in the world do they use these type of stats to get a concept across to the public because the public believe that when you're talking about a 30% benefit, they think that, you know, 30%, 30 people are, are going to be saved because of it. No, no, not one single person will benefit. One, The 1% that they get from a reduction of heart attack is outweighed by the 1% increase in diabetes and the 1% increase in other forms of mortality, e.g. cancer. Yeah. Mm. Now, let's get to the critical thing. How do you reduce your risk of a heart attack and stroke? It's really, really simple. The first thing is you get rid of the stress in your life. Lower the stress, manage the stress, control the stress. Stress increases your risk of a heart attack or stroke by 2 to 300%. Wow. Not one percent. Wow. Yeah, that's more than one percent. I'm gone. Two to three hundred percent. So when a doctor says <laughs> you're going to die if you don't do it, stress rates go up, and yeah, the nocebo effect, and you're likely to die of a heart attack. Wow. The second, the second yeah. thing is obviously there's fish oils. There's a huge amount of research on fi omega threes, fish oil, krill oil. A lot of that stuff's coming out now, without any doubt. There's there's overwhelming evidence of the B vitamins um, in in terms of uh, artery and cardiac health. Um, uh, vitamin C, absolutely huge amount of evidence. And look, vitamin C. Vitamin C goes to form a little That's chemical, right. a protein in the body called collagen. Collagen makes up our skin. So, you know, our skin's made nice and rubbery because of collagen. Now, guess what? So are our arteries. You yeah. want good artery health? You have good amounts of vitamin C. 
Mm. Now, there's also lots of good research on vitamin E, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I really advise, uh, advise people, do your research, get on the internet. We have, we have so many good sites nowadays that give good balanced evidence. Um, go see, you know, go see nutritionally wise, go see a good naturopath somewhere. Um, consult with some professionals who understand that cholesterol is an important molecule. Um, unfortunately, even some naturopaths and in the natural health industry, they'll, they'll talk about their, you know, how you can lower your cholesterol. I'm not worried about lowering cholesterol. If you've mm. got elevated cholesterol, it's, it's either genetic or your liver is under stress. That's it. Mm. So your liver produces the cholesterol. You don't eat it. It produces And it produces more cholesterol when you have more sugar and more high GI food. So if you want to lower your cholesterol, if you want a healthy, you know, go on a healthy nutritional diet, lots of raw food, lots of veggies, um, lots of fish, lots of omega-3s, uh, exercise every day, and of course, go see your local chiropractor. Yeah, oh, well, nice. another, another thing my wife just reminded me in the background was lots of water. Mm. Yeah. Well yeah. done, Mrs. Dingle. That's true. Now, <laughs> it's, I, I love all that information. What, what there's, a, there's one little thing in there that I reckon is crucial that you said that I don't want us to skip over, and that is that stress is the number one cause of heart attack or heart disease. And then yep. the second thing that you said was that um, your liver manufactures your cholesterol and it manufactures yes. more cholesterol from carbohydrate fuels. Now, this is super important because we talk about this in the Power of Food when I do the Power of Food talks around Australia, that it's under stress and high carbohydrate load, you manufacture more of the LDL cholesterol as well. Is that correct, Peter? That, that's correct. That's correct. You've got, you've got to imagine um, your cholesterol in your arteries is a Band-Aid. That's what it, it functions mm. as a Band-Aid. So... When you're under stress, it knows that your artery, so a bear's about to chase you, okay? You're getting chased down the, the main street of Melbourne where I am now by a huge kangaroo. Now, as a result, <laughs> my, you know, my body, my adrenaline is pumping, my cortisol is out there pumping, and my body says, oh, no, I've got to release all of these fatty things, um, uh, short-chain fatty acids to give me some energy. I've got to release a bit of sugar to give me some energy to get away from this kangaroo. Uh, and I've also, also got to release Band-Aids because under pressure, my heart is going to be pumping and my arteries are going to be expanding out under pressure. I need my Band-Aids. And my Band-Aids in my artery are cholesterol. Mm. Now, the other aspect is when you have sugar, you release insulin. Now, when you release insulin, you also cause um, uh, inflammation and you release, you release the um, uh, cholesterol. Literally, when insulin is released in the body, cholesterol is released from the liver at the same time. So the more insulin the more cholesterol. That's it. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And, you know, uh, listeners to our show will appreciate the fact that I've actually been confronted by a kangaroo before whilst out on one of my long runs. <laughs> and, uh, and it was scary. It was huge. And, that was uh, hypothetical. I didn't expect it to be <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's such a great point that it, that it is our body that creates the cholesterol. And, and then he got out of bed. But it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and, and, and really, really, it's, you know, stress, stress, stress. And I, I should point out here, too, that when you're looking at, you know, the um, uh, stress and cardiovascular disease, you also got to understand that it's associated with an increase in so many forms of cancer, uh, associated with Alzheimer's, you name it, every form of chronic illness is associated with stress. So what we should be doing is teaching kids in school, professionals all the way through, about resilience, how to handle, how to deal with the stress, because we're going to get it. 
It's how to manage it in a way that's beneficial and not make it into distress. Listen, Peter, they're going to got a couple of minutes left. So this last question, I know people are are a little bit stressed right now who are actually on statin drugs uh, listening to this call and be thinking, what do I do? Do I obviously follow through the steps that you mentioned, but do I just, you know, stop taking the statin drugs? What what do I do? What is your recommendation? Okay, look, I can't, I can't recommend anyone to get off any medication. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a PhD researcher. So I'm the guy who does the research for all these people. I can't tell anyone, but the research shows... This is what the research shows, that the drugs don't work. They have serious side benefits, uh, side effects, um, and overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, all of the major independent analysis from around the world have said, um, stop using them, okay? Mm. Now, the other thing on the research shows that there are no negative side effects when you go off them. Now, contrast this to the um, the, the drugs like Prozac, the what are called the selective serotonin reup, take inhibitors for depression, when you come off those drugs, there are serious side effects. Absolutely. Uh, However, in the cholesterol-lowering medication, um, there are no serious side effects. Now, I always suggest to people, work with your medical practitioner. Mm. Work Mm. with them. Uh, However, if they don't understand cholesterol, like how I'm explaining it, then find a new medical practitioner. It's it's really simple. If they're not willing to do the research, because... Your health is the most important, you know, that your listener's health is the most important thing you have. I have, we have. And if a doctor is not going to listen and said that's rubbish and just poo-poo it because a drug company rep takes them out for dinner or something like that, hmm. or because they just don't know because a lot of the doctors want to do well, but they're, they're caught up in this ignorance. And uh, unfortunately, it's hard competing against a $6 billion you know, multi-media machine that just keeps pumping out the media to the doctors. So just ask the doctors if they will look at the research. And I've got lots and lots of blogs on my website on the topic. Um, I've got my book written on the topic. I've published lots of articles around the place on the topic. Um, And go to uh, other websites, as I said, the Cholesterol Deception, which are are, um, uh, written by people who have um, PhDs and cardiologists and doctors and so on around the world who have just said, this is killing my patients. I can't do it anymore. So morally and ethically, I just don't believe doctors can prescribe this drug anymore. Okay. Yeah, so true. I think you should send them to the wellness guys to listen to this episode and uh, tell them you know, what they think. And that would be a good start. Thank you, Peter. You know, thank you so much for your insights. I mean, this is one of those amazing episodes, and uh, I'm sure our listeners will be enjoying this one. As always, go to our website, thewellnessguys.com. Make sure you leave your comments below this particular episode and tell us what you think. But let's keep the conversation going on Facebook because I'm sure there'll be uh, you know a lot of people want to leave comments there. So let's you know continue that conversation there. Make sure you sign up for notice of each episode, follow us on Twitter, and download us on iTunes. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example and let's change the world's health together. Now, however, I do want to add one more thing before we leave. I want to make sure I forgot to actually, if people want to know more about Peter Dingle, um, just go to www.drdingle.com. He has a newsletter that he sends out every month. It's got fantastic loads of information. So make sure you check that out. Okay. Thank you, Peter. Really appreciate that. Thanks, guys. And and keep up your brilliant work. Thank you very much. So join us next week on The Wallace Guy Show.